Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everyone. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview on Dream Business Radio. I created this podcast six years ago as another platform or a vehicle where I can help you create your dream business so you too can live your dream lifestyle. Be sure to connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. Of course, I'm all over social media. Anyway, my guest today is Tom Liebelt. Tom's actually returning, but this is the first time here I am because we had some <laughs> snafu with the recording. Let me, and I'm very grateful Tom came back. Let me introduce him. Tom Liebelt learned from a young age how to sell and negotiate business by getting haggled by Russian vendors. His family moved from Poland to the U.S. to escape communism, and his parents took any job they could to survive. Seeing all this as a young man motivated Tom to never want a job and keep moving forward as an entrepreneur and a publisher, salesman, and one of the top Polish hip-hop artists. Quite a, quite a background. Tom spends most of his time in Chiang Mai, Thailand. He runs Smart Brand Marketing and We Market Online Courses. Tom seems like one of those guys who kind of has the Midas touch where everything he works on turns to gold. He's published around 5,000 Kindle books. He built a successful SEO and online course marketing businesses, partnering with um, a Muay Thai champion, you know, in a coffee shop, a retail store, a record label. I mean, good Lord, I don't, doesn't look 64. <laughs> we'll find all that out. Tom, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. And um, Tom just told me it's 10 p.m. where he is, which I guess is in Thailand, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's the fun uh thing about the time zones right like i usually have to take my calls in the morning and evening that's the only time it works with the u.s uh europe's a little easier and obviously you know all the employees in asia and everything like i, I get to stay right on top of them all day but yeah it's yeah, but any time zones you know it's some kind of a challenge like if i'm in the u.s um all my calls uh, are easy, but then my employees are slacking off because I'm sleeping when they're supposed to be working, and you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So it's always it's always a problem. Like there's no perfect place. Europe's, I guess, is the happy medium, but then the weather, you know, is not great for most of the year. So it's then you get that. So I don't know. There's no yeah. perfect. A couple of years ago, I had a, a coaching client in Australia on, I guess, what would be the West Coast. Anyway. I had to uh, once a month get up like 5 a.m. I mean, I was usually up, but I, I made an exception to my rule of when my hours are. I, I got on a phone call with him at 5 a.m., but, you know, you, you do what you got to do. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, like it, you just got to kind of work with what you got. And, and honestly, that's really the essence of being an entrepreneur, is it not? We're, we're not nine to five. Okay, I'm done. I'm Okay, I don't do call. You know what I mean? It's it's You work when you work and you, you arrange your life the way you want it. Yeah, it's not like being an employee, right? You can't just clock out at five and be like, you know, no worries, you know, hitting the bar, Game of Thrones is on, and, you know, whatever else kind of nonsense, you know, is is, on, is popular, you know, like we, we, we don't really get that, you know. We, we do try to 
um, get away from work sometimes by, you know, just to keep sane and, and to keep ideas flowing. But it's always in the back of your head, you know, like, well, on Monday, like, what do we have? Who's working on what? Like, what's what's happening? Are the clients coming in? What's the um, what's the next goal? What's the next plan? What do we have to fix? You know, it's always there. I want to ask you about smart brand marketing and, and we market online courses, but I got to go back to um, the first line of, of your intro, man. You were selling and negotiating and getting haggled by Russian vendors. How old were you when that was going on? Between five and eight. Um, my dad would bring stuff back from Germany um, to Poland and sell it at the, at the soccer stadiums. And, um, you know, when I used to go looking around for things for myself, you know, a lot of like the comics and things being sold was sold by Russians, you know, like, uh, and, and, and they were just slick, man. Like they would know, um, when I was, you know, checking out one comic and they saw, I liked it and I, you know, put it back, looked at other stuff like, Oh, how much is that one? You know, the, the price went up, you know, because it's like, Oh, he wants this one. You know, one time I bought a soccer ball and it didn't have that, uh, the middle part, the, the balloon inside. Right. So we could pump it all day. Nothing. You know, it, it was, it was always fun, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, it's, you know, I, I learned a lot about, you know, marketing and, and, and hustling from those guys, man. They didn't play around. Like, they were they were super slick. You know, they, they knew what's up. Oh, that's so funny. You know, they say um, some of the best entrepreneurs are those that started out selling door to door. Because, I mean, you just, you sell all day long, rejection and all that. But, man, rush, uh, you know, hag getting haggled by Russian vendors, that's got to be some serious street training also. <laughs> It was, but, you know, I did the door-to-door -door thing too, even, you know, other than just my regular sales experience, which I've done that, um, you know, back in schools when they like, they had those competitions, you would have to sell like uh, magazines or candy, whatever, just nonsense from the catalog. Like I actually went door-to-door -door and sold a lot of these. And then I realized, and you know, my parents didn't know this either because we just came to the States. Like everyone else had their parents selling it at work, like yeah. to other friends. Like none of yeah. these kids went door-to-door. -door. Like I was the only one. And I actually sold a whole bunch of it, but you know, it was like, it was different, you know, getting a small prize when you did it yourself. And then like, you know, some spoiled kid getting like a bigger one, but mommy did all the work. You know, I, I never respected people like that. Like uh, even now um, looking at some of the influencers, you know, like when I hear someone like uh, Gary V, for example, you know, he got a business handed down from his daddy or something. And now he's, you know, telling people how to hustle. I'm like, you have no idea like what you're talking about like maybe you are hustling but you don't know what it's like coming from nothing you know and and it, that's just a different thing like i i always look at the people that came from nothing and there is not a lot of those super successful yeah i was um i worked for this association um how old was i it was 38 to 40 i think and um <clears throat> so that was a good 20 years ago and i was at this huge association meeting tom and i could tell who were the business owners that were second generation? And I think there's even a third. And then who were the bootstrappers who started out? It, right. you know, with a broad brushstroke, but it seemed like those who um, had the business handed down had much more of a, a chip and ego. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's just different. Like, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them because a lot of them have built the businesses up. But I just I can't look up to someone like that because, you know, <laughs> no. I'm like you didn't go through that whole beginning stage that I had to go through, you know, they would, they would, you know, counter that like, Oh, my daddy had me working from the, you know, entry field. Like, yeah, but you had it made, you know, you knew you're getting that CEO position because daddy gave it to you in the end, you know, yeah. he made it seem like you've done the work, but you, it was handed. Like you just had to go through the motions. 
that doesn't work when you don't have anything. It's, yeah. it's just very different, right? So, you know, it's, it's like when I see people starting out and, and they're trying to compete with like, let's say Amazon, right? When like they're starting an e-commerce business. They're like, oh, you know, that's my competition. I'm like, that's not your competition, man. Like you're not even in the same game as Amazon yet. You, you don't even have tickets to this game. Like don't even <laughs> think about Amazon. You know, like you are competing with the little guys and, and your only job is not to be taken advantage of by Amazon. Because, you know, when you go on their platform and, and some of these people do, um, you know, you're basically just market research for them. You know, one day if you're selling too well, you're going to wake up one day and there's going to be a new buy button above you and an Amazon basic and they just took the sales from underneath you. So, you know, I, I see it in a lot of different spaces, but, you know, sometimes like when you're getting advice, like make sure it's the right advice for you, right? Because it's, you know, there's not one advice for everything. Like when, sometimes when people say, figure out your why, like, you know, in the beginning, doesn't really matter. Figure out what you're doing first. The why comes later on when you're bored and like things are working, like, oh, what's the point? Why am I doing this? You know, but in the beginning, that doesn't matter, man. Like you got to hustle, figure out what's working first. You so, got to sell. You got to sell. Yeah. If you're not selling, you're not in business. But, you know, when I listen to this advice, like sometimes, you know, when I was first starting out, it would be better if I could uh, differentiate the correct advice for me at that point from just, you know, stuff that just didn't matter to me, you know, because it's all coming at you and sometimes you just can't find which one's right. You know, um, before I move on to the business stuff, I, I just have to ask you about, you were one of the top Polish hip hop artists. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. That <laughs> Tell was, me about uh, that. Um, so when I was in my early twenties, I got into the music industry and I would work at the top recording studios in New York. Um, and, and I, you know, it was a ruthless business, you know, like people would, you know, do basically anything to get the gigs with some of the best. So it was, it, you know, I learned some hustle there too. Um, and the great thing about that was, you know, meeting all my heroes, like, you know, all the, all the hip hop guys that I grew up listening to almost, almost all of them. The only one I did not meet was Biggie and Pac. Well, Pac wasn't from the same coast, but Biggie, he died before I got in the industry, but everyone else I listened to, I, I pretty much met. Um, it, but the bad thing was, you know, the industry started shutting down a bit, you know, the, the, the music studios were closing and, um, the whole scene was changing. Like basically for someone like me, who was an engineer at that point, um, the only play was to either go and do something on my own or c hook up with one of the artists and just kind of follow them around and hope, you know, they'll keep you around as the go-to engineer for them, because that's what the artists were doing. Like Jay-Z picked his own boy and then you know, whoever else picked their own and you were just like their, you know, the studio engineer for that guy. So you kind of, your career was basically live or die with this artist. Um, but I was living in Greenpoint at the time and that was a Polish neighborhood. We had uh, close to probably 500, 600,000 Polish people there. Um, and previously I lived around Chicago, which had over a million Polish people. I'm like, you know, I can definitely um, beat out anyone in this niche and yet not be famous in the States because I, that's one thing I did not want to do. Um, I, I like this idea of, you know, being very well known for something here, but then going to, let's say, uh, Bryan Beach or Brooklyn Slope or Williamsburg or somewhere else, just a little different neighborhood and be a nobody, right? So I could just still, you know, um, and yeah, and I, I made it big in that industry, you know, that we had the uh, top 
Polish TV station come in and make a documentary about us because it was me and a couple other guys. I, I quickly got a group together. Um, you know, we did concerts, got on the radio, had a lot of hits. Um, it was fun. It was a fun time. Um, I accomplished everything I wanted in, in that space. How did you transition from that being in the music business to um, starting a, a, a marketing company and then helping entrepreneurs build online courses? What was that transition? So when I was still making music, um, I felt like I, I need to get some more real sales experience. And, and this was a part of the music plan too, and just overall plan. You know, anything you do, you quickly realize if you're not selling, you're not in business, right? And we always go back to that. Um, and I, I was a pretty good sales guy, um, but I did not know why things are working or why things are not working. Um, so I came up with this plan of getting jobs at all the top corporations that would hire me getting sales training, hitting the streets, the phones, whatever they wanted me to do, um, seeing if I can hit the goals. And as soon as I would start hitting them, quit and move on to the next company. So I did that for about three years and I've worked for six or seven of, you know, very big and aggressive companies that gave me months of training, right? So I trained as an inside salesperson, inside salesperson, outside salesperson, retail salesperson, um, I hit the streets. I was, you know, all types of things, right? I sold B2B, B2C, like, you know, over the phone, getting leads, like anything, prospecting. Um, and once I got a grasp of it, around that time too, I had a in, uh, label from um, the music industry in Poland that tried to sign me. And I was around 26, 27. And I was like, well, if you guys asked me this like 10 years ago or even seven years ago, I would have been like, hell yeah, I'm off, you know? But at 27, I was like, well, you know, I got all the sales experience. Um, I don't want to be on there in that situation where I have to be on a tour bus all year long and make a new album to go on the next tour and then make a new album to go on a tour. So it's like the speaking gigs, right? Like people, you know, they, they have to write books to get speaking gigs for a year and they have to write another book. So it's that same circuit thing. I didn't want to do that. So I made a very impulsive decision and I bought a coffee shop in a different state, different city, just, you know, um, I don't drink coffee. So that didn't work <laughs> out very well. Uh, it was just a very impulsive decision. I was like, I got to get back to business. Um, and I sold that and I spent some time online. I started seeing some people making money in that space. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, I've, I've always wanted to have that freedom and be able to move around the world, um, but still make U.S. money. That's like everyone's dream that comes from where I came from, you know, to make U.S. salaries and live in Poland. But for me, it was like not live in Poland, live wherever I want to live. Yeah. So I gave it a shot and, you know, I hustled my way in. I, I went to the people that I've known, you know, my mechanic and the restaurant I went to and all those. And I was like, I just sold them the services. I'm like, look, I'll help you rank. I'll help you get more clients. You know, they paid me and I started learning, you know, so I, I hustled my way in. Um, and then that moved to AdSense sites. You know, that was a big thing for a while. Just make these sites that, uh, are based on products that you see in stores and you know, they would rank really quickly and you could get um, some affiliate money from it. When that was uh, dying out, I moved into the Kindle business that worked really well. You know, in the meantime, I was still growing my SEO company. 
from that, I met the Muay Thai champion that I started the online course with. From that, we started doing the marketing, got some more clients in that. Um, somehow along the way, I made a documentary. Um, once again, one of these impulsive things. Um, and, you know, just continually growing the business. And now, you know, the SEO business is doing well. It's, it's a hands-off pretty much uh, business and, and the marketing I'm, of the online courses I'm heavily involved in because it's, uh, it, it's quite challenging. You know, we have a lot of different situations uh, that I have to deal with and it's, it's fun. You know, it's a very hot industry too. So I'm kind of lucky with that. Tom, you, it said um, you have published around 5,000 Kindle books. Were those, were you publishing Kindle books for clients for yourself both or? Um, it was mostly for, my team. So what happened was back when the AdSense was still going strong um, to rank the websites, we would join, join these blog networks, right? So we would have to write blog posts. Um, we would pay to get on the networks. We would submit the blog posts with our links and get links back to our sites. Um, we would do a couple hundreds of these every single month. So I had a team of, uh, it was like 10 to 14 writers. And when these all died out, because Google just started banning them left and right. Um, we were out, you know, quite a bit of cash. And, you know, just to let the people know listening, you know, these block networks are coming back now because, you know, they hope everyone forgot about what happened before. So be very careful, you know, when, when someone says like, oh, join my private block network. But, you know, what happened is I had this team and right around that time, I just heard about the Kindle opportunities, you know, and some people doing it very shady, you know, like, uh, releasing other people's content and, and, you know, private label stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's not sustainable. Uh, but I have 14 writers, you know, that just put out a lot of really good articles. So why can't they just put out small books out? And I told them, just try this Kindle thing. Um, I'll check in on you in a couple months. Um, you know, we, we kind of got the system going within the first week or two. And, and I, you know, was working on the SEO business. And within like two, three months, they were already paying for themselves with the Kindle business. So I was like, okay. Uh, let's go a little heavier on that. And at one point, um, we were publishing around 100, 150 books a month. And it was growing. It grew very big. And, you know, it's, with any big platform um, like Amazon or Google, anything, like, you know, in the beginning when they need you, they'll pay well. And later on, they're going to start cutting corners and try to, you know, rip you off as much as possible. And it just happens. Like, you got to, you know, that's the part of the game. And, you know, we started seeing that, you know, it wasn't growing as fast as it could. So I just lost interest and shut it down. Um, but for a while, it, you know, it, it grew very well. You know, like you can make a lot of money quick through some of these, uh, uh, some of these platforms. But, you know, they're not real businesses. Like you're never in control. So, like, I, I do have to just add that in, you know, because, you know, when you're starting out, you're looking for those big, easy wins. Um, but sometimes, you know, if that's the only thing you're doing, you can find yourself in a corner and it's not going to be pretty. So um, it, it's, it's difficult, uh, you know, like getting that first like bankroll going and not going broke while doing it. Yeah. Uh, we got about five minutes left, Tom. I really want to ask you about um, one of your one of your companies. We market online courses. I know you're working on a, uh, a, a live event coming up in the fall. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do for entrepreneurs and, and what you can share about your event in the fall? Um, so basically, I'm the guy you call when your online course is not selling. Or it's not selling as well as it should. Or you think you're missing out on some marketing opportunities, right? So 
I have a lot of different clients. Um, I have some people that are trying to get off of Udemy, you know, one of these big platforms and create their own. I have people with a ton of organic traffic, you know, kind of maxing out on that, trying to get their, their business up. I have people who are doing really well with Facebook marketing, but it's just not working as well as it should or it was before. So I have those people coming. I have people coming with uh, courses they're trying to pre-sell, trying to validate the market. You know, there's a lot of different things that, you know, happen with this business. That's why I said it's very challenging because it's every case is quite different, you know, so a lot of variables involved. It's not an easy business to go into and, uh, you know, but it's fun. I like the marketing part. So um, it's time consuming, but I, you know, I do enjoy it. Uh, the online course conference. Yeah, I just, you know, I came up with that idea like a year ago because um, there's no course creation conferences out, period. Like this will be the first one. Mm. And it's a hot market. And, you know, I, I've done concerts before. You know, I've been a DJ, I've done raves and I've organized things and I hate that part. And I've met a girl here in, in Chiang Mai who's, organizing social events every single week consistently for like a year or a year and a half. And we spoke and I'm like, look, like this would be great for both of us. She's actually more excited than me about the organizing, organizing part. Um, she's like, this is going to get my name out there for sure. And I'm like, well, yeah. And it's going to help my business too. And I can bring, you know, all my resources. I, you know, I can bring the speakers in and the value to, you know, I, we, we can figure out how to really help people that are getting into the online course game. So, it's happening. You know, we're, we're locking in a date now. It's probably going to be around the second week of October next in, yeah, 2019. We're already in 2019. Um, it's going to be in Chiang Mai. Uh, for anyone that comes here, it's going to be an eye-opening experience for them because we have around two to 3,000 people usually in this one neighborhood where I'm staying at, all from other countries working on their laptops, building businesses. So it's like you don't find this anywhere else in the world. Wow, is that right? So, I mean, it's kind of like San Diego was once known for that. And then, you know, Costa Rica and a couple other places seem to be where it's it's like a magnet for entrepreneurs. But you're saying it's Chiang Mai is, is becoming that. Yeah. And, and the thing, you know, with the U.S. places, it was usually the U.S. people. But here you have people from everywhere, man. Like you'll have people from the U.S., Australia, U.K., Germany, France. Like they're from everywhere, you know. Um, Lisbon is another one, uh, which during it i think it's during the web summit there's 30,000 of uh digital nomad type laptop workers in in the city so it becomes insane just completely insane right um this one is not that crazy but it's enough to you know really feel like wow like this is such a bubble like i can't believe it i'll never find anything like that in in the states you know and, and it is difficult um the closest i think in the states right now would be austin yeah Man, I could I could talk to you for another half hour, but clock clock on the wall says we got to wrap it up. Tom, how could people learn more about you? Connect with you if they want to be on a I don't know if you got an early uh, registration list or something for the conference. Give out some details. Um, so the easiest way to connect is just go on smartbrandmarketing.com, and for the conference we do have a waiting list. It's a course. Uh, I think we just made the website course creator coursecreatorsconference.com. Awesome. That should be it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think I enjoyed this um, this uh, conversation even more than the first one. So if there is a plus to 
technology snafus. I really appreciate your time, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on Dream Business Radio. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Tom Liebelt, and you definitely want to check out his um, his conference in the fall. And um, I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You can connect with me again at getjimpalmer.com if you're interested in learning more about my coaching program, Dream Biz Coaching, dreambizcoaching.com. I'm all over social media, as you know. Until next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.